0: Hello and welcome to C3 City Light Podcast. You'll find us here in Raleigh until all are awakened to the light and love of Jesus. We hope that you find this message encouraging. For more information, check us out at c3citylight.com or on social media at C3 citylight Well, hey, this is part two of this series we started last week. And let me tell you, if you missed last week, it's okay, fam. We got you. Go podcast. Go check out the podcast, iTunes. It's all there, and you can check it out because we really laid the foundation. And I'm going to catch you up in broad strokes. We laid the foundation that because of what Jesus did on the cross, we have access to the Holy Spirit. Jesus is on his way, about to ascend the clouds, about to put the turbo boosters on his shoes and fly up to heaven, and the disciples still hadn't gotten the whole message he gave his life for three years. They totally missed it. And the beautiful thing about Jesus was he wasn't even concerned. Like, he didn't get mad. Oh, you guys are, what are you doing? No, he's, you know what? It's okay. It's a good thing that I go away because when I go away, the Holy Spirit's going to come. He didn't even get mad that they had totally missed his whole life ministry. So, Jesus, right before you go up to heaven, uh, when are y'all reestablishing Israel? Like, when's the throne of David coming back? Like, what? what about this earthly kingdom? What are we doing? boys, I've given you eight hours a day for three years and you still haven't gotten it. That's over 8,000 hours, fellas. God bless you. The Holy Spirit's going to come and straighten y'all out, right? But I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit helps us so much. And so we learned last week, talking on that foundation, of because of the Holy Spirit, we can hear the voice of God. And the voice of God brings life. It brings encouragement. It brings strength. It's like a wind that blows into our cell. The Holy Spirit brings life on everything he speaks on. But today, I just want to hook everybody up before we even start preaching. I just want to hook you up. I want to help you. So many times in life we're like, what's my purpose? Why did God put me on this planet? Why am I here, right? Like, anybody ever ask that? Come on, man. that's like a big question, right? We all wrestle with that, trying to sort that out. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you what God's purpose is for your life. Is that okay? It's not a fortune cookie. It's not like, ooh. I just, I'm going to hook you up. I'm just going to hook you up. One of my favorite verses. And probably all of our favorite verses, Romans 8, 28. Man, God's got promises, right? He's got good things in store for those who are called according to his purposes. We like that. But let's go to verse 29. For who we foreknew, he is also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the first among many. To be conformed to the image of his son. You know what our purpose is in life? Right there. To be conformed to the image of his son. To be like Jesus, to look like Jesus, to represent Jesus, represent everywhere we go, to look more like Jesus. So yes, we're saved by grace, not for good works. We're not saved by good works. We're saved by grace and then we start walking in good works because now we're like Jesus. But every single day our goal is to look more like him, to conform our thoughts to look like Jesus, to conform our actions in traffic to look like Jesus. Come on, our actions in church can look like Jesus. That's not that difficult. But in traffic... Right. Like, but the goal is right there to be conformed to the image of his son. So when you're coaching your kids, little league team to help look like Jesus in front of those boys and girls, when you're coaching soccer to look like Jesus, when you're ordering Girl Scout cookies because the season is here, when you're ordering Girl Scout cookies from your neighbor to look like Jesus, to be conformed to the image of his son. That's our whole purpose right here while we're waiting while we're waiting for the next step, or we're waiting for God to call his children home, or we're waiting to meet him, we are every single day called by God, chosen by God to be conformed to the image of his son. We want to look more like him. And I'm telling you, when you know that, when you know that, and that's set up, hearing God's voice starts to make sense because we start to hear inside of the lens, God's trying to help me look more like Jesus. And a lot of things ourself that we think is Jesus or God talking to it's like, oh, well, that can't be God because that's not going to make me look more like Jesus, right? So it just helps. So there you go, right there, Romans eight twenty nine. God has called us to be conformed to the image of his son. So if you're trying to figure out your life purpose, you're welcome. I'm glad I could hook you up. and just, That's free. We ain't even preaching yet. You're welcome. All right, Dealing with Distractions, part two of this series we're doing on frequency. Last week we learned God's always speaking. It's on us to tune in and to train our ears and learn how to hear. The beautiful thing about it is God takes the pressure off of us. We are born, when we're born again, we got the Holy Spirit inside of us. The Spirit of God gives us this ability to hear his voice. He gives us this ability to hear. He says, and we studied it last week, my sheep know my voice. They won't follow anybody else because they know my voice. And so because we know his voice, we can hear. It's something you were born with. Now, we may not be using it. It requires some maturing and some learning and some developing kind of our history. Like, I feel like this is God leading me in this direction. And we step out, and it is, and grace confirms it, and we see, like, oh, that was the Lord. And then we kind of get a little bit of a track record with hearing God. It kind of builds our confidence. Okay, like, all right. And it helps us. But I'm telling you, even without that track record and without that history, being a child of God, placing your faith in Christ, being born again, you've been regenerated, you've been made new by the spirit of God. You are an eternal being that's born again in Christ. You can hear the voice of God. You can the primary way we hear God's voices from Scripture, I'm telling you the Holy Spirit still speaks just like he inspired the Scripture, like God can speak to us. Now, it's not going to be a part of the canon. We're not going to knock Revelation out of the way and add your book of the Bible. That's done. It ain't like that. All right? You're like, oh, I'm about to write a new book, how to slap people in the name of Jesus. No. We're not putting that in the Bible. The canon's closed, man. They're not adding any more books to the Bible, okay? That's done. But God still speaks to us to help illuminate Scripture, to help inspire us to follow Him, to keep going, to be conformed to His Son. He still speaks to us and helps us. Amen? So I got a one-year-old, and I like for her to sleep. So I bought this device called a noise machine. You've got different settings. You've got white noise. You've got... Um, all sorts of noise, but my favorite one, because it's her favorite, is the ocean, and you hear the waves crashing and the wind blowing, and it's just beautiful, and I found that if I'll crank that thing up to 11, that girl can sleep through anything. She can, like, literally, like, doorbell rings, whatever. Make sure it's on 11. It'll work, right? Turn it up. It only goes to 10. No, make it go to 11. Turn it up, and that baby will sleep, man. Here's the thing. I'll crank it up to 11. I'll rock her for like a minute or whatever, and I'll put her in her crib. The other day, a buddy of mine was calling me, and I had just laid her down. She was out, and I laid her down, and the phone was vibrating in my pocket, so I'll walk out of the door, and I was like, hey, what's going on? They couldn't even hear me. Are you at the beach, Stuart? No, I'm not at the beach. I'm in Raleigh. Like, what are you talking about? I just hear waves breaking. I was like, oh, <laughs> I gotten so used to that noise machine being turned up to 11. Like, I, I won't. I didn't even hear the noise. I was just like, what? It's just... What do you mean? Like, don't the waves always break when you're walking around? Like, what are you talking about? Man, I'm telling you, that's life. That's life. So many times we can't hear well because of the noise around us. And we get so used to it, just the hum, just the hmm, like just the, just the city or just the traffic, just the this, just the thoughts internally, externally. We always got noise, and we just get used to it. But if we can learn to identify the noise, we can begin to take it off of 11 Turn it down and start to hear God's voice. God wants us to hear. We've got to learn to deal with distractions so we can hear His voice. He's speaking. We want to tune into the frequency of heaven so we can hear it. Step one, we got to deal with distractions. We just got to deal with distractions. Last week we talked about trying to have a conversation on New Year's Eve night at Times Square. How crazy would that be? You better get up in that ear hole. Hey! Happy, and you better get right there in proximity, man. My goodness, because it's so loud, and it's crazy, and just, that's kind of what, if we don't deal with distractions, that's what it looks like to try to hear God's voice, having a meaningful conversation on New Year's Eve night at Times Square. It's almost impossible. I've identified a couple of distractions that I think is going to help us, but before we do, come on, come on, let's get into the Word of God. I'm sorry, I was just preaching and... Quoting scripture and whatever, but here's let's read it together. First Kings, verse 19, and we're or chapter 19, verse 11. First Kings, 19, verse 11. Chapter 19, verse 11. All right, Elijah was going through a difficult time. I'm gonna set up the context and then read it. He had just seen one of the greatest moves of God in his generation. Over 500 prophets of Baal were killed, it hadn't rained in seven years. He called down rain, rain came. Or right, maybe I'm getting my story mixed up. All I know, he yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, I got my stories mixed up. He built an altar, doused it with a ton of water, and he told the prophets of Baal, whoever, whoever's God is real, let's let them light it on fire. That's the real God. Sorry, I got my Bible stories mixed up. Same guy, different stories, my bad. Here we go. This is what happens. All those guys die. The, the queen, Jezebel, Ahab's wife, goes crazy and just like, you're going to die. If you're not dead by tomorrow, God so help me. You're going to be dead. And he gets fearful for his life. He runs and he hides. And this is where we see. 1 Kings nineteen eleven. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And Elijah stood there, and the Lord passed by. A mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, there was a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was a sound of a gentle whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face with his cloak, and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Come on, how how much better would it be if God would just speak through like an earthquake? Maybe not like literally for the whole world and the disaster, but for me. Just shake me up really good so I know this is God, or maybe just the wind will blow so hard right in my face. Oh, God's speaking. Hey, I won't miss it. Or oh man, just throw down some fire on a burning bush. That worked for Moses. Like, let's go, like burn it up, man. Let's. Where's how? How's God speaking in a gentle whisper? Man, how easy is it to miss a whisper? I can be sitting beside Pastor April. And she can be talking to me, and I can totally miss it. And it's not even a gentle whisper because if the football game's on or something else has got my attention, like I'm totally missing it. And God's talking to us as a gentle whisper. Come on, man, that's easy to miss, right? But when the Spirit of God speaks, there's life on it. And Elijah got the encouragement he needed to do exactly what God was telling him to do. Because right after that happened, the Lord gave him specific instructions about what he needed to do. So many times in life, God's speaking to us with a gentle whisper, and we miss it because the noise machines own. Today we're going to learn how to get rid of those noise to externally and internally that distract us from hearing God's voice. There's three major voices, I'm telling you, they are competing to keep us from hearing God's voice. Number one, we're going to start broader and then work our way narrow. Number one: the devil. Wait a minute, you believe the devil? Yes, I believe there's a devil. I do. Now you got to be careful in church circles. What I've learned is that some people are like, nah, whatever. He's like this like figurative thing. He's not real, whatever. And then other people are like, no, nah, there's a devil behind every bush. Be careful, right? Like you met some of those like, no, nah, man, I got some authority in Jesus. I ain't worried about the devil jumping out of that bush trying to get me. Like, calm down. Like, the devil made me do it, right? No, look, look, stop, stop. I think sometimes the devil gets blamed for things that are probably our th- our fault. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, oh, man, the devil was messing with me today. He's been messing with me all day long, just trying to get and distill my peace. Well, hold up. Was it the devil or was it you? Did the devil cause you to wake up late and miss that alarm clock? Did the devil cause you to rush out of the house and not make your lunch? Did the devil cause you to break 20 traffic laws on the way to work? Was that the devil or was that us not being prepared or making a mistake, right? But we just love to blame the devil. We love it. But I will say this. The Bible is clear that there's a devil and he's an enemy. Jesus said that he watched Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Right? And we see in 1 Peter 5.8, he says that the adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour. Right? So we know there's an enemy. We know there's a devil. But I want to correct some things because I think sometimes we give the devil too much power. I just think we just glory. We just give him too much. Like, he, he ain't all that. He's the enemy, he's vicious, he wants to kill, steal, and destroy, but he's running the same play over and over again. Like, we're going to expose the devil. Let me give you three things that the devil's not. Number one, the devil is not omnipotent. The devil doesn't have as much power as God or angels. He's not omnipotent. God is all-powerful. All-powerful, the devil's not. He's not. The devil's not omnipresent. The devil cannot be everywhere at the same time. God can't through the Holy Spirit. He's speaking to us. He's ministering to us. He's helping us be conformed to the image and likeness of his son, Jesus. And at the same time, he's over in China doing the same exact thing, being a comforter, being a counselor, helping other people out over there. Right? God can be everywhere. He's omnipresent. devil's not. devil's not. He can't be everywhere at the same time. And number three, the devil is not omniscient. He's not all-knowing. The devil's not reading your thoughts. He's not omniscient. He's not. He doesn't know what we're thinking. But I'll tell you this. He's a spiritual being that hates God and hates goodness. You can bet on that. You can believe that. He hates God and he hates goodness. But I'm telling you, Satan, the devil, Lucifer, his favorite play to run is to do exactly what he did in the garden, and then we saw him do it again with Jesus in the desert. I'm going to talk about that real quick. His favorite play is to get us to distort and twist God's word. Remember the garden? Eve got the apple? Surely. He didn't, say, he didn't say, you would surely die. Question God's word. Kind of distort. Then we see with Jesus, not only does he distort it and question it, he just completely twists it and distorts it. Remember the story? Jesus is about to get, or he gets baptized by John the Baptist? And it's this beautiful display of the Trinity you got Jesus standing there, God the Son. Then you got God the Father. This is my Son who I am well pleased, right? And then you've got the Holy Spirit descending like a dove. Three in one, man. You see it. You see it. And you're like, oh. Right after that happens, what does the Holy Spirit do? Leads Jesus to the desert for a 40-day fast. What happens at the end of that fast? He gets tempted three times. What is Satan tempting Jesus with? The Word of God. The Word of God didn't surely say you would die. He didn't do that technique. He did the. He quoted a scripture. Hey, if you're hungry, turn those rocks into bread. And Jesus came back with another scripture. Come on, t- come on up here. Look at all of this. All this can be yours if you'll just bow down and worship me. What does Jesus want or what does Satan want from Jesus? Worship. What's God want for us to help us look more like Jesus? I mean, those things are enemies. They're just But what did Jesus do? The word of God. Hey, 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 hey. Mm. Stops it. Word of God. Satan's running the same play. But I'm telling you, we got to understand one of the biggest voices we have competing to get us to hear the voice of God is the devil. And he set these systems up all over the world. Set up systems in government. Set up systems in, in media. Set up systems with how life is done and anger and all. He just set up these systems Just to help people not hear the voice of God. Satan is against God and against goodness. Look, if you want to learn more about hearing the voice of God, there's a book called Hearing God by a guy named Nathan Finoccio. He's a teaching pastor at Hillsong, New York, and he wrote this book called Hearing God. And it kind of debunks all these myths and all these things about God's voice. It's beautiful. It's really well written. And some of these thoughts I'm going to share to you today were inspired by him. So I just want to give him credit. But I'm telling you, Satan's favorite play is to mess us up is to get us to distort God's word and kind of twist it. Does God really want you to be serving? Does God really want you to be given? Does God really want you to just love your neighbor as yourself? Do you, homie? Do you do what you want to do? Like, that's better. Come on. He won't really mind. And Satan gets in with what God's told us to do. And I'm telling you, that noise just confuses us from hearing God's voice. So let's be aware of that. Let's be aware of that the first thing we got to deal with, with noise, is coming from Satan. we got to be aware of his tricks. So anytime something's trying to bring confusion or twist God's word, red flag, that's not coming from me. That's coming from the devil. All right. Number two, the second thing that's trying to deceive us and create noise is the world. The world is so deceiving. The world is so sneaky. I'm going to tell you all around the world, the world is cool with Jesus, certain parts of him. The part about Jesus that's about peace and love and turtle doves and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, the world's good with that. Um, The part about Jesus, I come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. I can just see it now the world's like, yeah, my feet are so tired from walking. Jesus, just give me a foot massage. While you're at it, give me a little pedicure. We like that, right? Like, we like that version of Jesus. We like that idea of Jesus. Sure, sprinkle a little bit about the love of God and how God loves us, but don't you dare let the Bible tell me who and how I can date, right? Like, up to a little point, the world's cool with God and cool with the things of God, cool with being religious and being spiritual. and being, But here's the thing about the world that we got to get it creates so much noise. The world's syncretic. The world wants to sync everything together. Oh, you can have Jesus just add this to it. You can, yeah, Jesus, Muhammad, Hari Krishna. Like, hey, you call him this, I call him that. It's the same thing. Universalism, right? But it's this syncretic way of thinking. It's all the same. Here's the problem. Scripture doesn't say that. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that's tough. Like, that's a hard scripture for us to just own. But it's coming from the Word of God. So we can't get rid of it because we don't like it and just cut it out. Let me get the Bible like Thomas Jefferson. Let me cut out this part of Scripture. Let me cut out that part. Make sure you cut out the part about slavery and cut it out. No, that's not what we get to do with the Word of God because it's inspired by God. It's all there to help us conform us, look more like the image of Jesus. So it's all there. The parts we like, the parts we hate, it's all there to help us. But the world, No, 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 I'm good with the love of God, but don't let it impede on what I'm trying to do. And so whenever the word of God conflicts the world, the world's like, the world's the standard, not God's word. We got to be careful. It confuses us. It deceives us. It's sneaky. Another thing about the world that I've noticed, man, and it's one of the greatest noise. It's so distracting. It is for me. Comfort. But I thought Jesus said, all you who are weary and heavy laden, come to me, I'll give you rest. I love rest. And it's biblical. There's Sabbath. Keep the day. Keep the Lord's day holy. I'm giving you the seventh day for rest. Rest. There's a rhythm of life, and we can't do it right without Sabbath. We need rest. There's a difference between rest and a healthy rhythm and loving comfort. And it's easy to mistake them, but the world's like, no, just be comfortable. Jesus wants to massage your feet and give you a pedicure. Like, be comfort. But that's not what the life of Jesus looked like. That's not what he modeled. That's not what he taught. He said, the son of man, he said, foxes have a place to lay their head, but the son of man doesn't. Like, I don't even have a home. Like, he was uncomfortable. And I'm not telling you to go be homeless. I'm just saying to follow Jesus, it costs some sacrifice and some service sometimes, right? It calls us to deny ourselves and pick up our cross, right? So the world, we love Jesus about being comfortable and loving and all this stuff, but don't make me pick up a cross. You know what happens on the cross? Things die. You want me to follow this man that's just going to every day try to kill me, the part of me that I don't need, the part of me that's anti, being conformed to his image and likeness and being like him? you want me? Yes, God's call to follow him is not a call for comfort, but a call to obedience. But what i found, if we'll say yes to the obedience, there's such a blessing, there's such a blessing there. It's hard to hear the whisper when there's so much noise. The third thing, the third thing, we've got the devil, we've got the world, we've got the world with its own system, with just enough truth, just enough pleasure, just enough focus on comfort, just enough truth and extra garbage. Because I'm going to tell you right now, in Jesus plus nothing equals everything. We don't get to add anything to the gospel. We don't get to add anything to what God's already said. It's Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And if you want to find your life, you will lay it down. And when you lay it down, you'll find everything you need. But the flesh is the third thing. And I know the flesh. Like, what are you talking about the flesh? Like It's just kind of like a super churchy world, word. But let's define it. The flesh is this unredeemed inner will or desire that's still inside of us, even though we've been born again and we're trying to follow Jesus and be conformed to, to his way. It's this part of us that Paul says in Galatians 5, 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm crucifying that flesh every day. Like, um, Let's just see, uh, like a short temper. Oh, I just like yelled at that person. Or, oh, I just acted out of that way. Or, oh, I just responded like in my, I didn't respond how God would have. Ah, and I'll take that and I'll take it up to the cross. Not literally, but, and I'll nail it. God, I don't want to do that anymore. Take that. That is not helping me look more like you, Jesus. I'm sorry. Take it. Nail it to the cross. Go to sleep. Wake up the next day. Guess what? Bah, it's back. Get that thing back on the cross, man. Like, ah, why is it inside of me? It's following me around. Everywhere I go, there I am. And the flesh is there. Like, ah, you stay on the cross. I'm going here. Ah. But the flesh, and I'm telling you, as we mature in Jesus, as we daily kind of just get more conformed to the image of Jesus, that flesh gets worked out. And as we mature in Christ and become more like him, those things that messed you up 20 years ago aren't going to mess you up anymore. It doesn't have to take 20 years. I'm just telling you, as you begin to fall in love with Jesus every single day, and God, help me to be more like you, help me to follow you, that flesh gets less and less and less strong. It's less noise speaking in our ear. So those are the things that we've got to watch and I don't want to go to dinner party today. I want to just stay home and watch Netflix. That's the flesh. Man, that person just said something that really just oh, like I just feel like I need to just love, let them know like man, that God loves them. No, that would be uncomfortable. It could get awkward. I better not do it, right? That's the flesh. Those things that are contrary to what God's saying, like we that's the flesh. That's the flesh. All right, here we go. So what do we do? The world's noisy, and it's working really hard to distract us from hearing God's voice. We probably wouldn't disagree with that. So what do we do? Turn with me to Psalm 40, the first three verses. What do we do? Here we go. Here's what David's saying. I waited patiently for the Lord to help me. And he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and out of the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and he steadied me as I walked along. He has given me a new song to sing and a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. David was in this place of his life when this was written where he needed deliverance. He was desperate. He was crying out. He needed God. And what did he do? Verse 1, so I waited patiently. So I waited patiently. The last thing we want to do in this world that's like a hamster wheel, like a treadmill, just go, just go, just go. Get this kid to that event. Get to this. Get to that. Get to that. And you're just running and running. The last thing we want to do in the way the world's set up is to stop, to quiet down. And to wait. I'm going to teach us today how to hear the voice of God. It's basically teaching us how to wait. Three things about waiting. We got to learn to wait. To stop, to quiet down, and to wait. We see from David, waiting is intentional to create space. We got to learn to create space. We got to first learn to create space in our mind where it's not all these competing thoughts and competing thoughts and just like, what are we eating? What are we doing? What are we this? all these thoughts, just, and they're all necessary, but in the right timing, at the right place, in the right pace. They're all necessary. It's not bad to have thoughts. Like, not at all, man. It's a good thing. But just we got to sometimes turn it down off of 11 so we can hear God's voice. We got to create space. We got to be intentional. Waiting is intentional to create space in our mind and in our schedule. Schedule. We got to create space. I learned this a long time that if we will create space, God will fill it. Every time. If we'll just create space in a service, in our day, in our thoughts while we're driving in traffic, God will fill that space. He'll do it. He's so faithful to do it. But we got to be intentional to create space. For me, my space is. My space, all my friends, all my kids born in the 80s were like, oh, my space, whatever happened to Tom, right? Like, what happened? I'll tell you what happened to Tom. He made a boatload of money and retired on the island. Deuces out, I'm out. Mark Zuckerberg, that's how I would have played it, just saying. That's what I would have done, make that cash, count it, and get out. Anyway, my space, we have to, my space to following the Lord, my space where no one else can just, it's me and the Lord, is my kitchen table at the crack of dawn, before anyone in my house has even thought about waking up. They're still rolling over getting that good, good sleep, right? They ain't not even thought about waking. That's my space. That ain't got to be your space. You know how you're wired. You know what works for you. Like, look at your schedule. Find the time when you can just create space in your mind, in your day, and just create space. And I'm telling you, if you'll be faithful to create the space, God will always be faithful to fill it. Amen? Second thing we got to do, waiting is active. Wait a minute, David said I just waited patiently. Like, just sit down and wait. No, that's not what waiting looks like. Waiting is active. There's some things that we do. Man, my kids hate to wait, probably like every other kid in all of humanity. I, and it hadn't happened until this Christmas, and the first time we're on the way to my in-laws and Charlotte goes, Are we there yet? And I knew this is the beginning of like years of prayer. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And that's us, right? Are we there yet, God? I've waited for a minute. I've waited for a day. I've waited for a week. I've waited for a season. Are we there yet? Come on, God. Let's shortcut the process. Let's go. No, man. Like waiting is active. You got to let the process work. We don't know what's going on the other side of these prayers. We don't know. So waiting is active. We want to hear God's voice. We create space. We're intentional to create space in our mind and in our time and in our life. We create space, but then waiting is active. And I'm telling you, when we wait, we want to be active. There's some God-centered activities that we want to do. Let me just mention a few of them. We want to pray. We want to read the Holy Scripture. We want to engage in worship. I'm telling you how I talked about how we engage in worship this morning. It's like, man, it's just washing stuff off of us from the week. It's just washing off the worries of what that professor said or the worries about what if I don't get accepted into this. Worship washes off all that stuff. But you don't have to be limited to worshiping God on a Sunday morning once a week, right? Right? Right, Terrence? You ain't got to be limited to that. Every single day, you can make up a new song from your heart. You can turn on your your, your Spotify playlist that you like, and you can sing something or listen to something and think about God. You're not limited to worship just on a Sunday. So there's engaging in worship. There's prayer. There's reading the Scripture. There's fasting. Come on, there's fasting. No, that cost me something. I want to be comfortable. I know, me too. But there's nothing like fasting. God, I want to hear your voice. I want to get dialed into what you're speaking more than I even want to eat this meat or eat this food or look at TV or whatever fast you want to do just to help get our attentions back on the Lord. Man, another activity is faithfulness. Faithfulness. What was the last thing God told you to do that you know for sure? That's one of my favorite exercises when I feel stuck or, God, I just feel distant. I can't quite hear your voice. I'll go back in my mind or in my journal when I actually wrote it down. I'm still working on it. And I'll go back. What was the last thing I know that God really put in my heart to do? Could have been apologize to somebody. I found that if I, like, God's like lay someone on my heart to pick up the phone and call them or to apologize or to check in on them and I don't do it, I'll find, like, man, I kind of feel a little bit, yeah, like I asked you to do something and you didn't do it, man. Like, my bad, God. God's always gracious. God, sorry. Hey, what's up, man? You're on my mind. How are you today? And it's just, what was, if you ever get stuck and you feel cold and you're like, ah, what was the last thing you know for sure God called you to do? Go back to it. Hey, man, he's faithful. He's merciful. He's so good. Like, you didn't blow it. Just go back. Bring things back into alignment and you'll be fine. I'm telling you, actively awaiting what it does, it positions us to Hear. You know how I'll go into the room and take the sound machine and turn it off of 11? That positions me to hear anybody else in my life? we got to do that with the Lord. Actively waiting, patiently waiting for the Lord. Doing these things, prayer, reading the Bible, engaging in worship, fasting, faithfulness, generosity. All these things position us, turn the volume down so we can listen and hear God's voice. And this is what i found that happens. As we begin to walk in obedience to hearing God's voice, it gets louder. Every time we say yes, that voice gets a little bit more dialed in. It gets a little bit clearer. It gets a little bit sharper. It gets a little bit louder. And when the devil and the world and the flesh are coming at their noise, the voice of God's louder. There's just something about just gradually trying to be conformed to the image of Jesus every day, being a little bit more like him, the voice of God gets louder. Here's the third point and the last thing. Waiting requires Patience. There's just no way to shortcut it. I wish this was like a Jenny Craig, Lean Cuisine meal. You could just pop in the microwave, set it for 90 seconds, and be good to go and feast on it. There's just no shortcut. Come on. You know, like a home-cooked meal, like for Thanksgiving or Christmas or when you go to your mama's house or whatever, a home-cooked meal tastes so good. Why? Because it was not microwaved. It just wasn't microwaved. I'm telling you, hearing God's voice is not microwaved. There's just not a shortcut. I love it. New Year's and everyone's trying to get in shape and the gym's just like a zoo and all that. And then you wait till February, it's kind of back to normal. Everybody wants, everybody wants a shortcut. Wait a minute. Hey, what supplements are you taking? Can I take this? Or oh, I'll just eat nothing but acai, and then i got my superfood and I'm gonna like be 20 pounds lighter. Let's go. There's no shortcut in life. There's just not. There's not a shortcut. There's no shortcut to hearing God's voice, and it just requires patience. So, even though we wanted, God, are we there yet? Are you speaking? Like, I'm here, come on, hurry up. There is no shortcut. When you feel stuck, go back to the last thing that you heard God say. And as you begin to do it, just wait patiently, his voice will get louder. It's difficult to hear a whisper when everyone and everything outside and inside is speaking and it's noisy, and it's loud, it's difficult, but I'm telling you, waiting slows us down so that we can hear. Amen. I hope this is helping you. This is one of the biggest game changers in my walk with the Lord, prayer and reading, but then getting to a place where, wait a minute, God, you're not just, I mean, yeah, you're speaking to me through scripture, but you're speaking through me through the Holy Spirit to help me better understand scripture. This was a game changer in my walk with the Lord, and I'm believing that it's going to help every single one of us begin to mature to be conformed to the image of Christ. I want to take a second as we're landing the plane and wrapping up and beginning to think about lunch and all that stuff that's just good and holy. If you are not walking with Jesus and you don't have a relationship with him, I'm telling you, it is so hard to hear his voice. Now come on, a broke clock can get it right twice a day. You know, we can have these moments where we're blind and we just kind of stumble into the right thing. Yeah, sure. But I'm telling you, if you want to begin to hear the voice of God, you've got to know Jesus. That's how we receive the Holy Spirit. That's how we get born again is through faith. It's through faith that Jesus is real, the Son of God, and he loves us, and he died for us. And he forgives us of our sins. I'm telling you, you might be fighting the biggest battle you've ever fought, and you've been doing it in your strength, trying to make it happen. I just want to be better. I just want to be better. I just want to be better. That's religion, friend. Religion says if I do good deeds and work real hard, I'll climb my way to God, and I'll earn it. And I'll grab a hold of heaven, and I'll... No. God so loved you. He gave the very best of heaven. He gave you his son, Jesus. Jesus left heaven, came to earth so that you could find him and find eternal life in him. That's the promises of God through Jesus. But if you, And it's free. Like it is a literally free gift. All we have to do is believe it and receive it by faith. And when we do that, he completely transforms. We hope that you have been inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more info or to connect with us, check us out at c3citylight.com.